Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Giddy up, let's go. Podcast number 277. This is Maximize Your Influence and Kurt Mortensen here as we tackle the topic of unlimited referrals. Welcome back. A little housekeeping, of course. Anything you need at MaximizeYourInfluence.com from taking your Persuasion IQ to Membership and Influence University where the free membership will get access to all the podcast archives and the place to get my free book, Maximum Influence. All at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You can reach me at Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Thanks for being here. Let's take a deep dive and learn how to persuade, motivate, and influence and learn the skills you should have learned in school and we won't even talk about how much money you've lost with your inability to persuade and influence. So let's match these skills. Let's get into it. Let's start off with the blunder. Homer. Don't, don't, don't. Now this blunder comes from San Francisco. I remember this because I'm off to San Francisco this week to do a seminar and maximizing your influence and leadership skills and becoming more persuasive. Last time I was there, I stayed at a very nice hotel downtown, middle of San Francisco, and was accosted every time you'd go into this hotel. Some of the workers' hotels were on strike. Were yelling. There was a megaphone. There was drums beating. Obnoxious, loud, hurts your ears, in your face. And even while I was doing the seminar, a lot of those sounds were coming through the windows. Even though they were sealed windows. Chanting, mean signs, aggressive. I bring this up as a blunder because... They were not getting any sympathy from hotel management, from anybody staying at the hotel. They were just mean and obnoxious and did not get their message across. Well, maybe they did. Their message was on strike, but nobody was feeling sorry for them. Nobody wanted to help them. And it was hurting the people that were paying their paychecks, the customers. So I'm not sure how it ended up, but I do know that management from customers to surrounding stores... Did not like it. Lost a lot of points. Maybe got their raise. I don't know. But long term, there's going to be consequences for that. So sometimes yelling in your face, aggressive, due to your fire, you'll get short-term compliance. There's always long-term resentment, rebellion, and backlash. So be careful of that. And that moves us on to our geeky article of the week. Brought to us by ScienceDaily.com and the University of Birmingham City. What they did is they looked at 60,000 items listed and sold on an auction online. We've talked about this on the show that every word matters. And they looked over 15 million words and looked at patterns in the language to find out what words are more persuasive. I call it verbal packaging. That's one of the 12 laws of persuasion and maximum influence. It's real. Every word's going to attract or repel. We know that, but they found out some interesting things. Now, when they were selling fragrances, perfumes, and labeled it genuine, got 21 pounds. This is in England. But when they said it was authentic, it got 34 pounds. Users paid three times more for on-ear headphones versus in-ear headphones. Just that one word. They found antique sales increased when you used words like I, me, my, appeared more frequently with antique sales. But when you use secondhand, 
it decreased the sales. And of course, good old-fashioned car sales, the best phrases were honest, reliable, clean, and reluctant. Guess that would mean reluctant to sell. So we see verbal packaging everywhere. Even governments use verbal packaging to make things look less important, more important. There's a whole book on this called Doublespeak. Instead of using recession, it's accelerated negative growth. Instead of the stock market crashing, it's a correction. War department anymore, it's Department of Defense. You've got these big missiles pointing at people that are called the peacekeeper, <laughs> okay? Garbage man is a sanitation engineer. So they call them poor people, they're fiscal unachievers. Here's an interesting one. Legal intervention, when police use that word, legal intervention, it means you've been shot. Potholes a pavement deficiency, really? Riot is civil disorder. So they call it a tax increase, it's a revenue enhancement. Even with food. Kentucky Fried Chicken changed their name to KFC because of the word fried. You don't call hamburger 25% fat, it's 75% lean. And if you have parents that have children and eating leftovers, don't call them leftovers. Call it vintage cuisine. <laughs> Try it out and see what happens. One word could be the difference between making the sale or making twice as much on the sale by the words you use. Now, I did some coaching this week, did some coaching of the coaches. And, of course, when you're a coach or consultant or a trainer, you live by referrals. And that kept coming up. And this is true for any business. You should be living on referrals. At least half your business, if not more, should be based on referrals. Now, it depends what you're doing, but referrals are one of the best marketing tools. You know that. Dun & Bradstreet did some research. They found something really interesting. The more people give you referrals, that person that has given you referrals becomes more loyal to you and your business. So it solidifies your existing customers and gets you more customers. So how do you get more people to give you referrals? Do you have a system in place? You just kind of winging it? And deep down, people will give you referrals. They want to give you referrals. If you exceeded their expectations, you solve their challenges, they're very open to giving you referrals. So what do you need to do to get more referrals? Now, as the monitors are top persuaders, they do get more referrals. And what holds a lot of people back is fear. Afraid to ask. What's holding you back? Do you really believe in your product or service? Is it changing lives? Are you changing the world? Are you going to help them out? What's the worst thing that could happen? They say no, or they might think about it. Maybe you're not phrasing the question right. You know, out of all your family and friends, which person do you think would be most interested in my service? Do you know two or three, four other people that might be interested in using the service? I don't know why you're worried about rejection. You deal with that all day long. You're in the world of persuasion. You need to ask for referrals. Ask yourself, what is holding you back? Another thing you need to watch is your expectations. Law of expectations, one of the 12 laws of persuasion, is to understand what you expect with confidence happens. What you think about, you tend to attract. You have to be confident and expect they're going to give you referrals. Ask for their help. Ask their support. Let them go up front. This is how I do business. Most of my business is based on referrals. So when I do a great job for you, I would appreciate you to refer some clients or some patients to me or prospects to me. It's pretty simple. Or you can say, hey, would you refer someone to me? What that does is that keeps my marketing costs down, and that helps keep me in business. But you have the expectation up front when you exceed expectations that they are going to give you referrals. Because you have to realize the dynamics here. The average person knows 250 people, and that person knows 250 people, and that person knows 250 people. And some people say, wait, that's way too many. All right, let's take it down a notch. 
You know 100 people. Who knows 100 people? Who knows 100 people? So just around you, you've got plenty of business that you could do right down just based on referrals if you just expect it and ask. And that's true when you meet new people. Everybody you meet can do business with you or know somebody that can. I love seeing successful people, leaders, connectors, influencers that know everybody. They collect business cards. They collect almost relationships. They get to know people and they get to know about them. So eventually they could do business together or someone can refer business to them. Early on in my career, I did some work with Harvey McKay. He wrote Swim with the Sharks Without Getting Eaten Alive. What he did is he bought a struggling envelope company and it was failing. And he came up with what he called the McKay 66. Just over time, he'd ask all his customers and potential customers 66 questions. Not all at once, just every once in a while, I'd write them down from birthdays, where they were born, alumni, favorite sports team, married to, anniversaries, children, children's name, birthdays, just all that type of information. Develop those relationships. Those are the people that connect that are always getting referrals. That's the key. And he wouldn't just stop there. Their university graduated from, won a national championship. He'd send out a card or a letter, or a phone call, or email on a birthday. Or next time they talked, yeah, her last time I was in a big soccer game. What happened with that? Knowing that type of information is huge. That will increase long-term referrals. And part of that expectation, too, is the mindset. People love to give referrals. They're more than happy to do that. They would love to connect you with other people. I can't say this enough. It's not a burden for them unless you push them and they don't really like you and you didn't do a good job and they don't trust you. Now, obviously, it's going to be a challenge to get referrals. But when they like you and trust you and they like your product, it makes them feel good. They've helped out. It's a sense of esteem for them. They enjoy doing it. It helps their ego. So that's important too. Once you get that referral, a thank you email, a thank you card, a thank you gift certificate, anything that you can do to show them that you appreciate it because then they'll do it more. Now, here's a big thing you need to think about with referrals or endorsements, testimonials. They're all in the same category is do not make it complicated. Make it as simple as possible. Can you write down three names and three num phone numbers right now? Is it better for them to make the call, you to make the call? Do you have a piece of paper pen on you? Type it into your phone. They're ready to do it now. Make it easy and simple. Because if they have to go to a website or fill out a form and there's extra steps, that's going to decrease the amount of people that do it. But up front, just get the names. Keep it simple. Clarify everything up front. Is it okay to use their name? Again, I said before, who's making the call? How much information can you get about them? That alone can dramatically increase your referrals. Oh, email them to me. Call me later. Let me know when you have them. No, when they're in the mood and they're ready to go and they've thought of some names, act on it and let them know how it works. Another thing I've noticed with research and referrals, endorsements, testimonials, is how much they like you. Love connectivity. The more they like you, the more rapport you've developed, the more you've connected, the more similarities that you've found, the better you are in your people skills, the more referrals you're going to get. People refer people to people they like. You're not going to send your friend or family or coworkers to someone that's mean, that doesn't connect, that has poor people skills, or you don't trust. So the more you can develop that connection, that trust, the more referrals you're going to get. But let me make that distinction. Connectivity is great. Being the friend, that rapport, and I mentioned the word trust. The key is to have both. Just because they like you doesn't mean they trust you. I mean, it helps. But if they don't think you're competent or you're lacking in character, but are a likable person, but you have no character, you're a likable person, but you're not very competent, or you're a likable person and your industry has no credibility, then all of a sudden the trust plummets 
and that's also going to hurt your ability to get referrals. So if you can really focus on the connection and the trust, you will be getting more referrals. Because the real basis for trust is being the expert. You have to understand when people accept you as the expert, there's very little persuasion resistance. And they want to refer people they know to the expert, the best of the best, someone that's going to solve their problem, someone that's going to walk them through what they need to do. You need to be the expert. You need to act like the expert, not in an arrogant way, but in a confident way to where you know you can solve their problem. They know you can solve their problem and you've solved their problem. That's when the referrals come rolling in. Another technique, and uh, be careful of this one, is offer an incentive. I realize that some of you work in industries where you can't incentivize or get a kickback. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes there's an affiliate program. Sometimes there's a referral program. I mean, what can you offer? Is it extended warranty? Is it free coaching? Is it 10% off the next visit? Is it cash? What can you offer to get more referrals? Start rewarding people, and that incentive really get people active and engaged. Now, rewarding people incentives is not the best tool. It works pretty good. Now, it can work really well, but you have to understand, once you incentivize, once you reward somebody, it has diminishing returns. People will always need that reward if they're going to give you the referral or whatever you're using the reward for. And that's destroyed a lot of elementary school kids in the reading because they're not reading, so you give them pizza to read, and now they're not going to read unless you give them pizza. So not only expect more, but they're not going to do what you ask them to do unless you reward them. Or the college students where they give them these fun puzzles and they'd play with them. But once they paid them to play with them, they would not touch them unless they were getting paid. So a great tool in any aspect of persuasion and influence, but be careful of the diminishing returns and the expectations change and people expect the same or more from that reward. So it might work in your industry, it might not, something to think about. But do at least what I talked about earlier is that thank you email or card or something that you can let them know that you appreciate it. And it could be a simple thing. What can you add? What can you offer? What can you give away? But this reward has to be relevant to what you're doing and be valuable to them. You don't want to be finding things out of your garage or in your neighbor's garage that you're just giving away for fun. I mean, these have to be incentives that are relevant and that are rewards to them. It's amazing to see, even in infomercials and on, online, where people are giving away things that have nothing to do with the offer and aren't even that valuable, but they're like, oh, I have to offer a bonus item, and they're doing it the wrong way. Final thing I want to mention with referrals is your word-of-mouth advertising. Because you want people to refer business to you, but when you're not there in front of them, they forget about you. You've got to keep your business on their brain. So when they're talking to a friend or a member of their family about a certain product or service, your product or service, and they're looking for recommendation, they have to remember you. Too many persuaders are forgotten at this moment. You think they're automatically going to recommend you. They can't remember because you're not on their brain. I see this with real estate agents all the time. They let all their family and friends know they're in real estate, they're an agent, and all of a sudden one of their best friends went with another agent and they're all hurt and what happened? They don't like him. They don't trust him. They finally ask this person. This happens a lot. Why'd you go with so-and-so? I'm a real estate agent. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. You are. Wow, I'm sorry. <laughs> that happens too much. You have to keep your business, your product, your service on their brain. Now, is it a weekly newsletter that you can send out? I've seen direct mail once a month newsletters. I've seen email newsletters with some great content to let people know what you do 
and to teach them something new and unique? Can you use any type of specialty advertising? I mean, that's a multi-billion dollar industry right there. Can you put your name on a, a screwdriver, on a shirt, on a hat, on a calendar, on a hamburger? Okay, maybe not a hamburger. But what can you put your name on? A refrigerator magnet. Put it on a refrigerator magnet. A pen. I'm looking at a business card holder that has someone's name on it. I'm looking at a poster that has someone's name on it. I'm looking at a pen that has someone's name on it. I've even seen them on clocks. They're everywhere you look. But they remind people, put you on the top of the list. doesn't guarantee they're going to do business with you, but it puts you on top of the list. And it keeps you in their brain. So ask yourself, what can you use in your business to remind people of your name, of what you do? That you're a hard worker, that you're an expert, that you're trustworthy, that you're likable, and that you're the expert, and they want to let other people know that they can do business with you. So the moment somebody needs your product, your service, your company, it's on the top of their brain. So if you want to double your business, sleep better at night, do some of these techniques and double your referrals, double your income. And it's easier. You know this, a cold call versus referral, I don't even need to talk about that. You should be expecting referrals, asking referrals, making it simple, staying on their brain, maybe sometimes offering a reward, but you can dramatically increase your business by referrals. And of course, keep your clients happy, exceed their expectations, and stay on their brain. And referrals is such a powerful form of social validation. It's third-party credibility. It's almost instant trust. You don't have to work as hard when a friend or a coworker or family recommend somebody, in the back of their mind, they're never going to recommend the wrong person. They're going to recommend the best person. That's why they're so powerful. One referral is better than 100 phone calls. One referral is better than talking to 100 strangers. Because usually the person giving the referral has no ulterior motives. They have your best interest in mind, and they're trying to help you out. So it's time. Get past your fear. Ask for more referrals. Let them know up front you do business based on referrals. Such an easy thing to do to increase your business and increase your sales, increase your ability to find raving fans. And I learned this from my good friend, Mark Victor Hansen, co-founder of Chicken Soup for the Soul, also wrote a book called Aladdin, just about asking how successful people just ask more. I know looking at different persuasion IQs, that great persuaders not only ask more questions, but they're 10 times more likely to ask for referrals. So do the things that I talked about. Customize it to your industry, to your personality. Remember that everybody meet can do business with you or know someone that can. Start to build those networks. Get to know more people and stay on their brain. So that's what I want you to work on. Work on those referrals. Increase your networks. Make it as easy as possible. Magnify your business and increase your income. And it makes persuasion much easier. So let me be a product of the product. Let me walk the talk. After every seminar, webinar, training I do, I ask for referrals and testimonials. I ask for both because it's on their brain. They're thinking about it. I prove my worth. So I'm going to ask right now. I'm going to ask you for referrals. I'm going to follow the formula I gave you and ask you for some referrals. Why not? That's how business is done. Hopefully we've connected over the years, over these podcasts. I've built trust. You know that I know persuasion influence. I've been doing this for over 20 years. I can take your life and income to the next level. Get them on your brain. And I'm going to reward you. We could coach on developing persuasive presentations, fine-tuning those, increasing your closing skills, always self-persuasion and mindset, any way to maximize your influence. 
So here's the deal. I'm going to reward you. Whoever you refer to me that I coach, I will match that package to you. It's kind of a two-for-one offer. And let me make it simple. Go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com, hit contact us. Email me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Refer someone to me. And when we coach, I will match that package to you. So it's a two-for-one offer. You will get coaching from me. There it is. I'm asking for a referral. Do it. It's simple. I'm on your brain. Make it happen. So that is our podcast for today. Thanks for being here. Let your family, friends, and enemies know. Hit the subscribe button. We're on Spotify and iTunes, or you can just go right to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Also on YouTube at Maximize Your Influence if you want the quick persuasion tools. YouTube's a place to go, but of course, want you to smash that like button and let us know what you think. Send me an email of your comments, suggestions, jokes, rude remarks. I will take those all at Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your kind comments and go out and persuade with power. 